Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right, and to avoid lazy negativity, we decided to make this episode a drinking game. <laughs> drinking game! <laughs> Pop that. So anytime we make a negative comment, either about this film, or about each other, or maybe even about ourselves, you're going to hear this sound. That sound means we're drinking, people, and we hope you kick back and relax and drink along with us as we review this film. So, pour yourselves a glass, and uh, let's get on back to the 70s. Back to the 70s, I've as got, always, I've got people. I've small glass tonight. I'd like to have a glass that's proportionate <laughs> to the budget of the film we're watching. Oh, oh yeah? yeah. <laughs> this film's probably a bigger budget than he's used to having, but... um. Or maybe it's just marketing. Maybe I mean, it just is an indie, it. but yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we're talking about licorice pizza, people. As always, if you're new to this podcast or not, this is going to be spoiler free for at least 10 minutes. There's not really much to spoil in this film, but just if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want us to ruin <laughs> yeah. it, don't worry. That's kind of all with this film. If you've ever seen films, it's really hard to spoil any of them, but um, we're going to try to stay spoiler free so you can get our initial takeaways, our reactions, our feelings, as opposed to our heady, did this work for you stuff. We'll save that for the end. Uh, that's it. John, you want to go ahead and shout our people out? Our mm. people, his name is Carlos Barroso. He is the beer sponsor for the Love of Cinema podcast. You can give him a follow on Instagram if you are so inclined. The handle is cbarrozobar2019. That is C-B-A-R-R-O-Z-O-B-A-R-2019. And if you're digging this music, it's at the beginning and end of every single episode of our podcast. It's provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. Head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist and you can download all that motherfucking music for free. You guys, all that motherfucking music, all that motherfucking music for free. Do you guys want to make fun of my my Wait, hard seltzer? It literally just got blurred out. I forgot to it pick literally up got beer. blurred out as so if we. Did you see that? No, I'm serious. The label <laughs> yeah, just yeah, got yeah. burned out. As oh my god, it did it again. No, I saw that. Yeah, it, it totally censored. <laughs> what am I, a Wait, filmmaker? Is, am I blurring is Zoom out blurring out yeah, right? <laughs> He's got he's got that, the student film filter on. I have no idea. That I have no idea hilarious. what it says. You can't see it. That is so crazy. Honestly, Sorry to anybody for anyway, sitting yeah. there going, wait a second, I thought this was an audio podcast. Um what are they talking about? <laughs> find it on YouTube, yeah, people. You can, you can find, find it on YouTube, YouTube as well. But I want to say one thing before we talk about licorice pizza. Yeah. Do you know what do you know when the worst time mm. to tell people why they love going to the movies is? 25 fucking minutes into previews. For a movie where I'm at AMC seeing this beautiful film in limited release. Oh so I'm God, one of yeah. the lucky ones. This film, Dave was at my screening. It was so big that we didn't even see each other. Yeah. That's how fucking packed this theater was. Sorry, COVID. I just got my bo- I just got my booster. Everybody was there. Packed. We're so excited. Limited release. We feel so lucky. 70 millimeter. And then we watch 25 minutes of fucking previews. And then and then AMC goes, <laughs> I mean, this is why yeah, we dude. love coming to the movies. And we're like, we know why yeah, we're, we're coming here. to the fucking Did you, Dave, did you notice that everybody here also had the same reaction? Action. The people behind me were giving uh, so giving Nicole Kidman so much yeah. shit and throwing shade like crazy. We're all sick Dude, of seeing it. Yeah. We're there. You've won us over. Put that out on TV. I'm already there. It like, really is getting over. Just, yeah. Let's just drop You've, it. I mean, it's just it's got to stop. It was it was over a couple months ago. It totally made sense to me when they reopened the theaters. We, we got to stop it. It's out of control. AMC, if you're listening, you know what? 
Fuck you, AMC. That's, that's all. We're all drinking. I'll drink on behalf oh, man, of AMC. Everyone feels the same way. If I'm Nicole Kidman, I want that out. I mean, this could be Michael Jordan. It could be it could be the Dalai fucking Lama. And at this point, if I had seen this as many times with them, I'd still be cursing him off the screen. I, I can't take it anymore. Everyone's going insane. Also, hey, I can mean, we I, just say, what okay, the fuck is this with all, the I, I, I know, but also I know, like, she's, like, been nominated for a lot of Oscars and stuff, but really? Nicole Kidman was the most current celebrity you could get? <laughs> she won one. She does have a, a, a win. Um, <laughs> Dave, Dave, don't you talk shit about your country. You know what? I'm kidding. That was, that's fucking, that's for Australia right there, that's bitch. For, yeah, that is for Australia. <laughs> John, do you, have, do, you have, do you have something to say about the trailers before we finally get into licorice say, pizza? Like, guys, guys, do, do they just like every five years, do they add another trailer? Because I feel like I'm having like deja vu to maybe 10 years ago when we were like, when did the trailers get 15 or 20 minutes long? Now it's at least 25 minutes of trailers. It's 30 on the dot. It's, it's like 30 it's minutes exactly on the dot. exactly 30 now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a lot. That's more than the what it was, The pre-show program right? is 30 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I talked about this in my Halloween one where my city bike didn't work and I was so late and I still got there on time. Um, <laughs> yeah. I literally didn't have transportation to get to the theater. I felt like I was running, like in Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza, where the characters are running towards each There's other. There's just a the little movie. bit of running in this movie. Just Ooh, a yeah, a little bit of running. Of Forrest Gump is the only movie that has more running. Yeah, that's right. Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Will Smith Tom versus Cruise Tom movie. Cruise. Who runs more? Yeah. Um, okay, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into Licorice Pizza. Um, let's just let's get into it now. We, you know how we let's feel about it. the trailers. Let's do it. All AMC needs to go is say thank you for coming to AMC, and we would go. Yeah, you're the people who came. We don't need to just, pitch you to keep coming. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe 400 people were all like, ah, like gagged when this happened. Like, we're all on the same page. Everybody, <laughs> the whole theater was like, oh, come on. Because you're also, it was a Paul Thomas Anderson movie theater. So all of you go see movies. You're all oh, movie yeah. people, right? Yeah, we have two. So, like, just, just to jump quickly to the end of this, when I walked out, I walked through at least five discussions about character using long lenses, <laughs> all the conversations you want to stop. But I don't know these people. I'd just be a creeper. But like, I, I wanted to stop <laughs> and talk to them because, like, you, it's they just like they're, like, all, they're all my people. And bunch of cinephiles, yeah, it was this, this was a this was a filmmaker's event. Like, this was a yeah, this was a film to go and see if you like films. Like, Felt that way movie. in Hollywood too, man. Yeah. I was at the. I, I recommend everyone out there, the audience, and you guys look it up. The the Regency Village Theater. It's in Westwood Village here, uh, outside of. It's not near Hollywood. It's literally in Westwood. It's a uh, pretty sure it's across the street from the movie theater that Margot Robbie goes to see her movie in, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So that old style, it's crossing that. It got a really cool facade. I'd never been in that theater before. It was really awesome. I might post a picture of it on the. Uh, the Instagram, but that nice. was super cool seeing like a, a vintage style movie in a vintage movie theater. Pretty sweet. So let's let's get into our conversation then. So Licorice Pizza is in limited release right now. I believe it comes nationwide, if I'm looking at this, in two weeks, somewhere around like the 13th slash 17th of Cinemas December. in New York have it this week. Oh shit, um, it says like December it, 25th. And oh wow, okay, because Angelica's showing it all week. Uh, so, yeah. so I think you New guys York, have New York, LA. Three, technically. Yeah. I think you have Brooklyn, two Manhattan. And one here in LA, which I thought was weird. There's only one in LA. <laughs> yeah, and there's right. a weird screening at like Brooklyn Center for Music or something next week over here as well. So. Yeah, uh, and of course yeah, the, yeah. this movie, 
this movie has already made $345,000 and it's playing in four theaters. And like, so like this, you know, I, I'm not saying it's going to be a huge commercial success because the city folk tend to be the ones that gravitate towards this kind of cinema. But Martin Scorsese, let's tell him after a year of millions of fucking IP and, and franchise and Disney and superhero cinema is back. We saw this on 70 millimeter <laughs> format, which I hope some of you can, one of you two film people can explain to me what the fuck that means. But um, all right, let's get into this. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, listen to our initial takeaways and then come back after um, you've seen it in a month. This is Paul Thomas Anderson written and directed by his first film since Phantom Thread. You may know him best from Boogie Nights or There Will Be Blood along with Magnolia, Hard Eight, Punch Drunk Love, The Master, uh, Inherent Vice, etc. This movie stars Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman who I thought were just obscure, known that they went on a nationwide <laughs> casting search for. I, I did not know until as film that Cooper Hoffman is the son of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. You I said nothing about though, it surprising like, now. There was something about him. But I know I almost feel yeah. bad for him that that's going to be the conversation for this film. But this is his feature film debut. He's so green that he doesn't even have a fucking picture on IMDb. It's a blank box. I mean, the best I, part I of never, it is he I mean, stood I in his sit there, I didn't sit there going, geez, this better be someone's kid. You know what I mean? Like, I thought he was awesome. I had no idea. Coop. Yeah. <laughs> this better be somebody's kid. <laughs> uh, Cooper Hoffman and then Alana Haim. You might know, or Haim, sorry. Alana Haim. Haim is, is a pretty successful, like, indie group with her and her, I think it's her sister's. I knew somebody who went to high school, arts high school in LA. And now that I've seen this movie, I want to ask her more about it, but she is the lead singer of a progressive rock group. She doesn't sing in this movie. Probably should sing in this. Paul Thomas Anderson did some of their music videos. What a connection. I had, this is crazy, crazy. So Cooper Hoffman, Alana Haim. All fucking families. Her mom and dad play their parents. Oh yeah. That's that's all of the Haims, their Haims or whatever. And and her dad's the best fuck. line in the film, he improvised. <laughs> oh man. Excuse me? What the Amazing. fuck? Right. What so the that, fuck? And then you have some cameos That's from so Sean Penn funny, and Bradley Cooper, oh. as well as Tom Waits, and maybe some others. Maybe some others. So um this is the story. So this yeah. is the story of Alana Kane. At least one. Makes me think that he had Alana Haim in mind when he named his character Alana Kane. And Gary Valentine which does sound like a porn name from 1973 mm. story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley, 1973. Paul Thomas Anderson, I believe was born in either 69 or 70. So this is very clearly something that he's been trying to do for a long time. Uh, or at least it's a nostalgia piece for him, our writer and director, but he also seemed to have a sense of humor about it and have fun Slice of lifey, so it's not like there's a plot to spoil outside of that. Who wants to take it away with our initial takeaways, John or Dave? There you go. John can go first. I'll go first. All right, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a film that, like Dave was saying earlier, I think this is a, a we should probably say film because because I think Paul Thomas Anderson would appreciate that. But if you if you are someone who likes uh a filmmaker's kind of style like paul thomas anderson lots of characters weaving in and out it almost could be categorized as like slice of life like th- there are rom-com elements 
There is a day in the life elements. Um, there, there, it revolves around a few different of these, these schemes, which kind of set up like several different tiny little plots. Uh, he's definitely pulling in the, the old, like the Robert Altman kind of influence that he's such a huge fan of the guy who made Nashville and, and, um, shortcuts and so, so playing with, with big ensembles, uh, and, and the backdrop is the place that he grew up, which is Encino, like the Valley of, of Los Angeles. And so I don't know if you, uh. This is probably the funniest, like on its face. I think Paul Thomas Anderson movies have a lot of humor in them, especially like Boogie Nights and stuff. But this is probably the funniest movie of his that I've seen, certainly in his like in his recent career. Uh, I don't know if Inherent Vice was as laugh Same. out loud as my crowd. My crowd laughed oh. a lot at this movie. Uh, Inherent Vice is yeah. funny, but it, it's kind of a strange, weird humor. So I don't think a lot of people really cracked up out loud in the same way. Um, so I, I guess I was that was a fun surprise. I'm always expecting some good amount of humor, but this was I would almost go as far to call this a, a comedy. This might be his rom-com. If Punch Drunk Love is, is a, more <laughs> a, reluct- a reluctant rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so I really, I mean, I, I just enjoy his mind and his world. Um, I, I wasn't expecting anything plot wise. So I really did. I really had no idea what was going to happen. He usually does find a way to, to weave in some kind of drama that's like really intense and, and he totally steered clear to that this time. I feel like he, he had a little bit more fun with this one, which was, mm. which was nice to see. Um, I feel so, like the yeah, drama I, was I hap- the drama was the drama was the setting. It was happening like, like yeah. the gas crisis and all that stuff that was happening in the early seventies. I was yeah. one when this when this action took place. Nice, dude. One year old. I so I was having my own like <laughs> trouble with travel. You had lots of mine on for your reference <laughs> and shitting your pants. <laughs> you had to say oh, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Um, I, well, it's funny because years ago I went, uh, I, I gave this, what I like to call the castle treatment. Um, I went on an absolute bender in Melbourne one weekend. Uh, I was away with some guys from uh, pretty much the whole cast of the comedy club I worked at and we got hammered for two days. And then we're like, what are we going to do for the last day? We can't get drunk again. And we went and saw the movie, the castle, which is an Australian film. I highly recommend if you want to see something quintessentially Australian that isn't crocodile Dundee, cause we're not like that. Um, <laughs> But I was drunk as like I was hungover as hell, and I'm sitting there and I'm half asleep. I'm like I'm dying from this two day bender, and I watched the castle, and it was okay. And then I watched it again later when I wasn't hungover as hell, and it was brilliant. So I did the same thing. I went out on Saturday night, and I got I went on an absolute bender, and I came in hungover as hell, like a little bit, and uh, walked into this theater, nice. and immediately the vibe from the crowd, I was pumped. Yeah. And then the movie started, and this held like this really held for me. And it was, it was great. It was fun. I I have like, I have mixed feelings about it, which I guess I'm supposed to, cause it's, it's a complex piece of work. Um, it jumped around a lot for me. Like there was, mm-hmm. it had that like Harry Potter first movie. I don't know what the passage of time is here until she yeah. like makes the age joke later in the, in the film. Um, yeah. But all in all, I, I, I went in, <laughs> not i was like you know this one's gonna be work and it wasn't it was fun and endearing and the cast was great there's i can't fault it it's like well i can fun i've got one endearing. or two things yeah. later but yeah i just yeah i it keep was using fun the word was, uh charming i feel like it was the most charming pta movie i've seen certainly in his recent stuff probably since punch drunk 
I think that well, was the it's, last time it's I funny because all of my favorite bits were the uncharming bits. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Well, like the I, I want to hear it later. I'll, I'll yeah. cry a little bit. <laughs> Jeff, what do you think, dude? Um, I so surprised, Dave. First, I want to update a couple of things. It's definitely Heim. I think I've said their last name differently every single time I've said it, but it's Heim. And okay. <laughs> And there are some more. There's some we more. We punish wrong names here. Yeah, we we do. We do punish wrong names. And there are uh, some more cameos. I Jared from Booksmart was in this, and he plays the other child star, the one where she's like, "Can you? What is your penis?" Oh my god, like? dude! He, he was so funny. He was so uh, good. His name is Skylar Gisando. Christina Ebersol, shout out. Mary Elizabeth Ellis, who you probably know from It's Always Sunny. John, what do they call her? Hot the waitress. waitress. Yeah, Just and then the um, John Michael Higgins. John Michael Higgins, who um, is in every comedy. He's in Yes Man, Pitch Perfect, et cetera. Uh, best in show. Okay. Sorry. Mm. So awesome, what awesome little John cameos. C. Riley. Oh, yeah. John, and, and, John C. Riley has a two-second cameo. cameo as, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. You'll have to look it up. You won't. Yeah, yeah, I was say, yeah, you'll have to look it up, except John I, just blew it. I almost, <laughs> thought, I, I almost thought Paul Rudd was doing a cameo as somebody that was like a stagehand or like a casting person, but it was too quick. I, I don't think it actually was. Okay, anyway, that's it. enough of my making up for lost time here. I, I actually did really, 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 really like this movie. I don't know if I loved it, but I really, really, really liked it. It's stunning. Obviously, the cinematography is yep. great. And it's... I feel like we've said the cinematography is great with about 20 films this year, but this is very different. This was old school cinema. This is the kind where it started and I was like, okay, it's a little shaky. Um, you know, it does kind of feel like a film, you know, back from back in the day where it's almost like a little choppy by design, but I got used to it. And all of the, it's, it's not just about camera movements. A lot of, all of the movement, the staging, the action is really, really well either rehearsed or designed or coordinated. I thought that was really, um, really great. Cause film for me, a lot of times is too still. And you can tell when the actors are like, can't move and they can't touch things like this felt alive and it felt like it had life to it. And I really, really, uh, yeah. I really, really appreciate that. You can tell from, there were definitely things in the trailer that didn't make the movie. So I wonder when they oh no they do, they do that all the time now but when they edit it down like what was the bradley cooper didn't do that whole scene that's in the trailer and then it just get cut for the movie just for the sake of the trailer unless maybe that is pretty weird and brilliant but i do still feel like there are pieces of the story that i could have done more with because similar to you I'm willing, both, to I'm willing to bet there was a lot of bradley cooper that was like they had left over because he took that which and is ran with it's it. totally fine <laughs> just chop your chop your way through all of those fun scenes i on the whole, though, I don't want to be negative because I, I did really, really, really like this. It was humorous. And most of that humor is just simply because of good tension. And it was layered tension. It wasn't just like joke, setup. <gasps> What's going to happen? Uh, oh, we, we respond this way. Ha, 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 ha. Like a lot of it was like really layered and really, really interesting. And I, I, I really liked it, though. I'm being abstract about it right now, but I liked it. I know what you mean, though, about the... I think I feel in the same way. I, I really, really liked it, and I don't know if I loved it. Um, and I don't even know if I mean that as a criticism. Same. I remember when I walked out of The Master, uh, I remember saying the same thing, but in a different way, because that movie was so challenging. Yeah. And after a few more rewatches, it might be my favorite one of his. This was a different feeling, even though I'm using the same sentence. Um, and I think for me, it's just, you know, I'm just, as I get older, it's just, there's just no way around it. I'm just always, always wanting drama. So sometimes if I have any expectation Ugh, of drama sorry. and it doesn't turn out that way, maybe I'm just going to always be looking for it. 
So I think it, as, as cool as it is that all of us and probably most people know nothing about this movie, I think if I had gone in expecting only comedy, I may have enjoyed it even more. I just thought he was going to turn the knife like he always does at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know, Boogie Nights is a lot of fun until, uh, until even the, like the, there's a, there's a, there's a really intense, you know, suicide that takes place. I'm not saying that's not part of the drama. That's really intense. But the tone of the movie until like one chunk that is really dark when he's getting, when he's trying to prostitute himself in the parking lot and those guys yeah, beat the shit oh, out fuck. of him. And Heather Graham I mean, fucking kicks that guy all of, with the Pretty much all yeah. of the 80s in that film. It's darker, <laughs> but only that section is like really like, oh my God. And I think that film needed that section because otherwise, I don't know, it just it just takes it on an even more interesting ride. So I guess all I'm saying is that I really, really enjoyed this movie. I think if I had known it was just a com, not just with a lowercase j, but it's not a drama. It is something else. He was consciously trying life. to do this thing. I think I would have had even more fun. It really does remind me yeah, of Nashville in a lot of really excellent ways. I don't know if you guys feel that feel that same way, but as soon as I kind of sat back and I was like, John, that's not this movie. Just enjoy, just live with Paul Thomas Anderson for a while. Yeah. I had a I mean, great for, fucking time. For me, this was like a meld of, I would say, American Graffiti, uh, Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. and The Wonder Years. <laughs> Interesting. The Wonder Years. <laughs> nice, dude. The Wonder Years. I know what you mean, though. I mean, I know what you mean. And of course, I, I have a feeling, I haven't looked this up, it looked from the orbs, it looks like he shot this on... Uh, his anamorphic lenses that he loves so much uh, filmed it, you know, for 70s. So, I mean, it's, yeah, they you know, were anamorphic. They were anamorphics awesome. in play. Yeah. I they mean, did, he, they did scale it to 70. That. So they did, they scaled it up to 70. Yeah. Do you know what they shot on? Was it, was it true 65? Um, it, was, they... it was, it was Panaflex on 35. 35 scaled up. Okay. Hmm. So that means that they filmed it on 35 millimeter uh, the, film. The people, camera. There was on, it, it. If, if the actual film stock was Kodak Vision 2383. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, which uh, if, if yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's really good for new, like neutral highlights and stuff. Uh, if, if you're looking for a comparison, Joker, Munich, Dark and Knight, Pizza. Tin Red Line. <laughs> wow, look at the, there's some. Even though I can yeah. see the similarities, you can see what totally, those DPs yes. were able to do with lighting because those yeah. movies all look very different. In a very awesome way, Paul was that, credited with one of the with one of the directors Ma- of photography. Mark Bauman had never done a Mark feature Bauman, film by Michael Bauman had never done a feature film. Michael by this. He Bauman, did a short. excuse me. So him and Paul Michael sharing Bauman. duties together. Yeah, isn't that interesting? But ah, they did it, and and I don't know why Paul has him. credit because every director That's holds awesome. the camera at some point. Yeah. So I'm curious as to know where that shared credit comes from. But anyway, I mean, he did yeah, it. On the Phantom director holds the camera Dread, when right? I'm tying That's the right. shoelaces. That's the only time the director. Holds the I think he took. I think he ended up taking the credit because he started doing it with Phantom Threat. Remember, he. I think right. That was the first time that he did it, yeah. technically as the head. I don't know. I've heard him talk about that process many times. Though he, they basically all are so him, first AC and the operators. They're all on such the same page. They kind of work on that crap at the same time anyway. So. He always says that, like, with the fact that we have to credit each other is kind of silly. We're all doing it at the same time. And then whoever is operating that scene picks the camera up. But they all light it. They right. all do the same shit. Mm. They've all talked about it the same amount. Well, let's, so let's, anyway, let's talk yeah, about because this is kind of slice of life ish. So another comparison I got is, of course, um, Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood, which, you know, it's 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 that was set four years For earlier sure. in yeah. basically the same part of L.A. So obviously you're going to get that and the slice of life element where can you I guess that one has that one plot, which is the Manson stuff. But that's not the whole movie. Uh, and this one is a love story, friendship. No. Um, Gary is a child actor. 
So Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, right, is a child actor. And then she is taking pictures for somebody but has bigger aspirations. And they sort of go into business together. I guess Gary's like an entrepreneur to sell to give you some of the plot. Uh, and then she's kind of working for him. And it's this, it's actually a really interesting relationship. And so I think that was what I was happiest with for them. How do you think? So obviously, Paul's not going to let a bad acting yeah. moment land on his camera. Like this is a person who took the first week of There Will Be Blood and just threw it in the garbage can and said, let's start over again. So like, clearly, this is not somebody who gives up after hard eight. He was like, I'm never dealing with a fucking studio ever again. So what do you so obviously the performances are great. But then again, they still transcended that a little bit. What did you think of our two actors since? I know that there are some huge names. I remember seeing Bradley Cooper and Sean Penn are filming Paul Thomas Anderson. Do not go to this movie to see them unless you really want some really, yeah, their cameos were great, but yeah. Although exactly, like they, exactly. they are phenomenal, the but they don't outshine the leads at all. They, they give very, like Bradley Cooper gives a very prominent energetic, like his like, like American hustle, um, like those kinds of performance. Yeah. And and Sean Penn gives a very tra- almost tragic, sad performance, uh, but he's absolutely <laughs> compelling to watch. Yeah, that was really great. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, he's absolutely compelling to watch. Like you, you never suffer for it. And she, she to her credit, sits back and lets him have this moment. Like she plays <laughs> like the background role almost there while he's owning that scene. But then when it's their time to shine again, it's their time to shine again, and you're like. You know, Sean Who yeah. or Bradley Who. It's back to them. They have. I, f- I feel like he wrote. Finish. Go ahead. No, I just, I just love that they got absolute, like Oscar-winning, high-profile, punched the fucking lights out of the camera. In Sean Penn's case, I mean, um, they did some, they did some <laughs> chemistry reads for sure like, to get these two leads, right? Yeah, they, 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 but they were amazing, but they didn't steal the show. These, the leads? these the, no, the, no, I'm talking about the I'm yeah, talking about yeah, the, yeah. the cameos. They didn't steal the show at all. Um the the leads were phenomenal. <laughs> they they just <laughs> held when their she own asked Sean Penn, the whole way through. I'm so sorry, what are what are we talking about? <laughs> Like, yeah. oh my yeah, god yeah, they're yeah. good yeah all he wants to do is talk you, about you old always movies, knew because so. they were their friendship but he clearly is interested in her and she obviously likes something in him but isn't giving much so it's but you always know where they stand even though you don't really know where they stand you know what does that make sense i know i'm being weird mm. on purpose with the wording but like yeah every single no, time no, i felt I mean, like i understood a... where they were but i also thought like but i could be surprised you know what i mean I found that I found that sometimes she acted a little weird. Probably by design. He was weird. What do you like, mean? He it, was it a cocky asshole almost, for half the movie. And I know, but like, do you mean the were, character were, or the actor? No, no, like the, her character at times was like, yeah. It was. It kind of jumped around exactly how interested in him she was. I love the punch in scene like, of like her smoking pot and like the dugout or whatever with her friend, basically being like. I think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends. She's like, I don't know, do you? And he's, she's like, yeah. And that's like the whole scene. And I was like, yes, that is so cool yeah. for these kinds of movies. I'm glad that they did that because it justifies well, so the much. Other, the other thing that's amazing, like the other the other, other conversation I, I walked through on the escalator out of, uh, out of Lincoln Center was uh, someone complaining that it was weird that this, because the, when she first meets him, he's yeah. 15 and she's 25. Is she actually, and I, yeah. I expected and her like, to not be 25. Like, it's, not, it's not cool. It's not like she was she was adamant this was not cool. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. James Bond. <laughs> 60 years old, 50 years old, nailing 25-year-olds left, right, and center, and that's perfectly acceptable. But if it suddenly goes the other way and it's we not. We should be careful. We should be careful like, no. here. And I and I love I okay, yeah, fair. But they but like there, there was no relationship established till he was 18, obviously. But 
it was like when it goes the other way it's like suddenly not cool because the woman's older and i feel like that was a great thing to put forward like they could have I mean, they could have gone was- they could have gone no we're not going to lean into that but they really did yeah i mean unapologetically i think uh maybe at once or twice i did think about that cuz like you said earlier i'm not quite sure how much time passed in this movie <laughs> so i guess he yeah. was 18 at some point and it was okay he was yeah there's this one throwaway joke in the truck that lets you know and three he dropped years out of high past. school do we ever get that or was he homeschooled because he was a child actor I can't, I, yeah. yeah. And, it, and do these things it jumps matter? Around you know, a lot. Maybe yeah. not. But the work what you guys are saying, I, I totally agree. Should we send um, our spoiler people home? <laughs> I would even say, yeah, let's, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, all right. right. So, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we depth. keep saying all these um, things. No, no, no. It's, it's probably true. Spoilers. Right. Here we go. We're talking Spoilers about actual things that happen in this you. movie, even though we've already joked about it. Come back to us in a month. I think he wrote some very. There are moments of some very cheeky dialogue between our leads, and it still yeah. worked. Uh, there's a lot of moments of not cheeky, and it's realistic, and it's just even maybe a little stylized for the era. But um, there are some very affected, stylized Paul Thomas Anderson coming of age love story lines that works. Um, I wish Paul Thomas Anderson wrote a script for me. You know, so like, I'm not saying I'm taking any credit away from these two, but he yeah, wrote no more California, Paul. Paul, get people. out of California. All right, we're done with it. <laughs> I mean, I love it when he goes home. He's I, like, I, I can't like, get again, a panic for anywhere fun. else. <laughs> I get it to was shoot just from so, home. It was like, just, dude. I don't know. Honestly, he was like, I mean, I don't have Edgar Wright just did it. Come on, no one's bagging him out. <laughs> I was I'm excited, you, to even though you're right. Go, go back home. I feel like he got jealous when Quentin fucking nailed once upon a time in Hollywood. And he was like, you're right. I should just go back home and, and make my movie. Uh, but yeah, everybody was the acting. Of course, of course the acting was superb. And I don't think we're giving it up for, um, I don't know who worked with him as a casting director, but all those kids were not significant in a lot of ways, but they were all fucking perfect. There's this one moment his mm. brother has on the couch, his oh, yeah. brother. What did he say? He just looks at him. And he just like shakes his head. It was just this when the phone was ringing. Moment. And he goes, he, yeah, he tells him to be quiet. Crowd, he, tells, he tells the kid to be quiet. And the kid's just like nods. Yeah. It's just this nod. He doesn't even, <laughs> like, there's not even a line. And that kid from, dude, you're a, a Jeff, that guy who's his acting competition, the kid from Booksmart. Um, and he's in, uh, vaca- oh he's in vacation God. and stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. He was so. Yeah, nobody's so funny. Goes, yeah, dude. true. Ed Helm saw it. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, I, I buzz. You try to buzz yourself. Uh, yeah. When when <laughs> when they're at the table, he goes, "No, I'm an atheist," which is like, even though it's a little unrealistic. Uh, yeah. So here's here's why this is. <laughs> no, it's not. I've seen that go this down. Is, this is a comedy <laughs> because you knew that dinner's not going to go well when you're at a fucking Jewish feast and you go, "Oh, I can't say the blessing. I'm an atheist." <laughs> like you know that you'd probably dance around it in real life, but like a comedy would just take you there. So that's how you know that this was definitely a comedy. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the funniest part as well is the the father at that point is still improvising his dialogue. That's so good. He never like gave he, him he, any he improvised <laughs> He improvised so most of his dialogue. So Even like, when she again, walked up, his introduction, hey, what's up? Well, oh, yeah. oh, oh. he was just, just getting on her about where she's been. She was out with Lisa and he was like, who's Lisa? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It just, just, the way he wrote her, it was just so funny. But yeah. Yeah. When she walks no, my, in and my favorite suit. <laughs> 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 oh, yes. <laughs> God, that was funny. My howling in the theater, but uh, no, my favorite line out of her for the entire movie 
is after she goes off her nut at the entire family in the house and she's like chasing her sister down the hallway, screaming at her about, you know, you're this, you're that, you know, everything else. Then she's out the front with the other sister smoking and the other one's like, you know, you really need to stop shouting at people and she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that was good. fuck off and just storms and off. Just away. I mean, in it's moments like that where like... It was magic. Paul, it was a two-second throwaway scene, but it was just magic. And there's several of those. I mean, that yeah. that was my cue. You know, again, like I said, I went in there thinking maybe it's going to have some other elements, but this is a filmmaker who likes to linger. And so as soon as he started giving all of those juicy little hilarious punch-ins, you know, I very quickly learned like, all right, that's right. not this kind of movie, dude. Just, hmm. just sit back and wait for those moments. Cause they're all solid gold. They're like less than 10 seconds. And uh, those were a lot of those were my favorite parts of the movie, the relationship and how unorthodox it was. I'm always a huge fan of when people can, can revolve can tell a ro- it, this is a romance, you know, it's a, there's coming of age elements, but it is mostly about their relationship. That's definitely yeah. the resolve of this movie. It builds to them finally wanting to actually try it out. So I'm always a huge fan of when people like walk around those. And I think he did a brilliant job, but if I'm being totally honest, uh, it, it was all the life around their relationship that kind of went in and out of their story. That was so funny. The sequences that just seemed nonsensical in their structure, how they got into the business when he, I didn't know I was watching his big aha moment when he stops in that window and it's just a tracking shot of him through a window. You don't know it's about to move yet. You don't even know what he's looking at. And then he comes in and he looks at a waterbed and you're like, is that where the this movie is going? Yeah. Yeah. Is he about to, <laughs> I'm like, is what, he, the, what the fuck are we doing right what now? The hell it's is, like, is this a dream sequence? <laughs> and then the soggy bottom thing happened. And I was like, oh, now guys, I got to ask you in light of us being, uh, uh, this movie is not super PC on purpose. How oh, God. fucking hilarious <laughs> was! Come on, you know what I'm about to say. Did you yeah, guys laugh at John say. Michael Higgins when he would do the Japanese, or did you? I, I did. But did your I, audience I wish laugh, they, or were they like, oh, kind of both? It was <laughs> yeah, it was both. There were some people laughing. People around me are like, oh, but it was. But a, it was. It was like it was? a fun. It was people who ooh, wanted to laugh. Yeah, I, that were trying yeah. to censor themselves from laughing, even though they wanted to laugh. Any yeah. other actor could have pulled that off. What'd she say? I don't know. I don't speak Japanese. Yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think anyone else could have got away with that. I know. I wonder if Paul... Whoa. So here's what I think Here's what I think about Paul. And here's the secret sauce. Now, I know Paul is, is his own filmmaker. Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson is married to one of the funniest people on the entire planet. Maya Rudolph is, yeah. is true, Another true good comedy punching. royalty. That little scene was great. She was amazing. She was amazing. She had a cameo on Inherent she Vice. Barely and, said, and she comes she in every now and then. She barely said a word and telegraphed that his career Just was looks, over. Just looks, dude. Just looks. It was and so, yeah, so funny. Yeah, she was so great. Uh, I actually thought that's what this movie was going to be a little bit more about, was that he was basically going to get too. her into acting, and then she was going to get in with Bradley Cooper. And, and I'm, I guess I'm glad that it didn't go kind that, of a star that direction. Kind of but, but she kept nudging in that direction, and then when it wasn't convenient for the story, they left it. That's the only negative thing that I heard from people in the, where they're like, what happened to their acting careers? They just, they didn't even say anything. Like, like they just stopped. That's the LA thing though, right? Oh, I guess, I guess so. like, honestly, us not totally, growing totally. up here, I don't have a taste for it. I know I'm living here, but like, that totally. does seem to be yeah. like, that is a very, that's a thing that yeah, a lot of people a, do here. It's they're just fine, like, yeah, I'll try acting. Yeah, and then they it's just a fine line out. between <laughs> child star and Metro star. So, um, it is funny that he was a how, 15 yeah, year old entrepreneur. Have you guys put this together? have you guys put this together yet that the same the movie i keep talking about punch drunk love what does philip Seymour hoffman do for a living yeah 
That he sells the, fucking the, the commercial. Dude. How mm-hmm. hilarious is that? They that he sells water. Yeah. The commercial. Guys, <laughs> just please Google if you if you don't know what we're talking about. They Philip Seymour his character films a, a, oh like God, a local dude. TV spot for his mattress store, and he tries to jump off the roof of his building onto a mattress. <laughs> And it's so you have to look it up. It's one of the funniest <laughs> fucking videos. And it's Phil Summer Hoffman. And it's it's as it's as good as the fall in Along Came Polly, where he goes, the best oh. man is in the it's it's as good as that, if not better. Oh. Ever, um, ever, ever. Okay. Okay, that is, that is so one we're talking of the about best the PC thing ever. here with John Michael Higgins. I he I Paul is married to one of the funniest people on the planet, who is also a progressive lady. Maya Rudolph. So I kind of want to believe that if it's, I, I don't want to put her on, you know, I don't want to like, you know, put her by association or anything, but I do feel like he tests these things. I do think he doesn't just go out there and say, I'm just going to do this. So I do wonder, I, I believe, I believe he has a plan is what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, at, at worst, yeah, this is an out, outdated themes warning. At worst. This is the 70s. So by, yeah. by all means, we saw fucking 1941, which takes place in the 70s. And we know that oh the... Oh, God. And especially since there's the Vietnam elements and then Watch we're just out of World War II eyes. in Korea, which is what Sean Penn's character is talking about. But that doesn't mean it can be... Ex- yep. That doesn't mean it can be exploited. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean yep. that it can be exploited for humor. But I think he, he did a pretty good job of showing the characters reactions knowing they're like what the fuck man this this whole world i I just i hope it was enough i know some people are going to be bummed by that jokes by those jokes but you know i i I just i like to believe that paul and his associations um got our back if that makes sense yeah Yeah, i mean i I think it's i think it's salvaged by the fact that like there is obviously an asian woman sitting next to him and he's doing this and then she ups up and fucking leaves him yes yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, it, this is it's the new like, life. Yeah, there, there is this is new life. Yeah, there's a there's a certain judge factor in there. So, like, I feel like that salvages a little bit. And it 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 was, it, I mean, it was the seventies. It sucks, but that's the seventies were really white. They're pretty racist. Yeah. Tell me if you guys agree with this. Was this movie kind of a metaphorically like like going to like an old school like carnival or a fair or something like it, it kind of it's like cotton candy of like film just going back into a period of time the way it was shot like it's just so shamelessly just trying to entertain you with 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 really fun dude you know i was i was sitting techniques there and production design. i was sitting there yeah i was sitting there in the first like we, we're heading up to it and i'm like please don't do the color thing please don't do the color thing and they didn't like they it was a, a little like seventies tinted, like they do that weird orangey aqua thing, and uh, but like yeah, it was in it live was, and let but die. They, Is that what yeah, you're yeah. Like, gotcha. <laughs> but they yeah. they didn't they didn't lean right into it. Like they didn't like crunch it and try to make it look like seventies film. It was I totally agree. I, yeah, by the way, I'm really glad. I accidentally just said that movie, but wasn't that on the marquee when they run into each other when they're running and she slips yes. and they both fall? And they, I think yes, Living Let Die was showing at that one. Oh uh, my god! Yeah, you're totally right though. They did not crunch it up and and mess with those color schemes. Uh, I thought they did a good job by doing that and by shooting on anamorphic too. I mm. think it really brought out the the haze in the air, the pollution probably, which it just it looked very very. And then they devalued. then they had to digitally remove some of it because it's fucking worse today. But <laughs> it is, uh, it's rough. It's not great. Actually, yeah, what we need things about it's always Dave. Dave's the other one getting while buzzed. We're talking here. about Live and Let Die. Let's talk about the soundtrack because this had more than one song. 
This had oh, a, the sound. I mean, okay. This had a few so songs. Johnny Greenwood did this. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Greenwood did the score, but because Boogie Nights' songs were more familiar, this soundtrack is perfect. I, I thought everything was right on the nose, and I thought the sound mix was great. What did you guys think? Yeah, I had never heard a lot of these. I know for like I know for Boogie Nights, he was really strict about as time passed every month and certainly every year and decade, they were only using songs that took place in the top 40 charts from that period of time. So I'm curious. I haven't mm. looked it up. I bet he did something similar with this, but I had never heard any of these songs before. I, I don't think. I don't think I had I, heard any yeah, of them. Yeah, I, I have. Which ones? <laughs> Half of them. Oh, good, man. I really, yeah. I mean, nice. I got the Spotify playlist yeah, they, going. They, like char- they, charted, they charted in Australia. We, ha- we have those. I really dug it, man. Right. I thought there was some I mean, fun they, ones. Were, they were charting in Australia when I was six, but yeah. <laughs> I love, well, I heard the Bowie song before. Oh, yeah. yeah. On, I think yeah. that was on Life on Mars, of course. That was on Ziggy well, yeah, Honestly, two, that, two was the only one, that was the only one that I'm not, I'm not going to The Wing song. I heard the Wing song because my, my dad listened to McCartney a lot. So I heard that Wing song, but it was not a, one of the famous Wing songs. It was songs. not one of the bigger ones. I think Life on Mars may have been a little too. For, for me, just because all the other ones were not quite as famous. That's one of his most famous songs. So I thought it right. popped a little too brightly for me, to be honest. They also didn't use very much of it. So I was just curious if right. they considered if maybe there was another yeah. song there at some it point. It was a running song. The trailer also, was just, the trailer was so successful. And it had Life of Mars yeah. in the background that I wonder mm. if they were like, what did, nah, throw it back in. What did Johnny Greenwood score? Was there a score? <laughs> there were a lot of scenes in the beginning. <laughs> his credit as the composer. His, like, his music. And there was a couple the little incidental bits, yeah. Um, so film title explained really quick for people. Licorice Pizza is not a pizza store. No. <laughs> it was a record chain that was only available in Southern California in the 70s and 80s. So it's basically just pure nostalgia. And it's also a place yeah. where people probably Actually hung out. founded in 69 and lasted until 86 when Musicland bought it. And it was rebranded as Sam Goody. Shut the fuck up. Really? Sam Goody? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sam Goody. I had a Sam Goody. And Guys, they, had, they, they actually had a really bad reputation because, like, apparently they, they the rumor was that they <laughs> used to buy. Why they changed the name? <laughs> yeah, they, the rumor was they used to buy like stolen tapes and records well, from like what, Kmart and stuff. Wow. So, there, there yeah. are so many. Yeah, that that is a huge issue. And well, we don't know any certified sales pre nineteen. Like, Guys, you know what? Uh, you know what this movie also did for me, and I'm curious if it did it for you. It's something that I have completely forgotten about because these don't exist anymore. The drama. Of a telephone. The dr- oh my the god, that was the, that was that so exists. tense. Oh, the oh tension. it was so good. It was so much fun. It the so way the, you know the funniest thing, it. the silence, he, the way it sounded. Yeah. God, when he picked up the phone and the camera started to to pull out, and I knew his brother was in the room. I was waiting for his brother to pick up another phone and just <laughs> and listen, listen. Of course, yeah, yeah, the classic. <laughs> but you guys, the honestly, I, I just I, let me dive in for just a second. Her. I remember, I mean, I don't know if we all remember this because we probably have more than one telephone in the house, but her having to talk with everyone in the background yeah. created that voyeurism. It also just made me realize that because we're, as we should, you know, we're adapting as filmmakers with technology, figuring all these new ways to show texting and stuff like that. But there was something really refreshing about them. These actors, they had to do something. They had to go to a telephone dial and then they had to say something. They had to to stumble and try to to make it work. There's so much of the newer technology stuff. I, I think we've lost a little bit of that just because everything is kind of internalized now. There, an entire conversation can happen with just somebody texting off out of frame, and then you get these pop-ups, and, and your plot has moved forward. This was really refreshing. There were two pretty good phone sequences that I really enjoyed, the, the obvious yeah. one. But there was another moment, too, where 
she was on the phone with somebody at the maybe the at sound the sexier campaign one? office. The sound sexier. Oh God! Oh, the campaign office. The okay, campaign yeah. office sounds, was good. The yeah. sound sexier. Do the sound sexier when she did that whole thing was funny and he was listening. Yes, 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 the, yes. The campaign yes, office yes. one was good, and that was real tension too because the guy was outside, yeah. and of course I'm sitting there thinking he's going to shoot this place up. So I thought th- there yeah, was good we, tension. I mean, we've seen Taxi Driver. So. Uh, right they knew what they were doing right everybody yeah. was thinking this is travis bickle right there's something yeah. like it's fucking happening he did you think he, he was just good... an undercover reporter and he was just going to take pictures of him kissing that guy like was, yeah he was a reporter was? yeah i think that's what okay. it was but i saw they did a good job in this film of you knew when a character was gone you knew when you were not going to see a character like, again yeah all of them i mean even the bradley cooper one which was a funny way of getting him back but you knew he was probably gone and that was the most it's, no 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 i would i would push back against that with bradley cooper because you thought he was gone and he kept fucking turning up yeah that's true okay touche, <laughs> they touche gone. Him. Touche i kind of wish he had popped up one more time like he Me got too. funnier and funnier when he I walks wish... off screen and yeah. the girls walk past and he just yeah. hustle, and he's like who's the server them? who's the server yeah who's the better oh, yeah. server yeah the you, dialogue, uh, they mixed that up. i'm so glad they mixed up that I'm so do, that we could see sure he was at um, did you read the thing about how when he, he, sure he was actually, so sweaty too. He was actually friends with that guy when he was writing him in and he's like, you can write me like this if you include my favorite pickup line. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have do his you like, name right do you, here. Do you like peanut butter sandwiches? Apparently it's his favorite pickup line. <laughs> do you like peanut butter sandwiches? That's yeah. so good. That's what a good pickup line, right? That's oh my so God. funny. It's got to work every time. There's so I much good. Leonardo DiCaprio was up apparently for um, Bradley Cooper's role. I think it was offered to him initially. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Leo's never going to fucking work with them. He's yeah. never going to work with them. It's um, and, um, and then what is that guy's then, name? Barbara Streisand's uh, boyfriend at that uh, period. John Peters. Peters. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Peters. Thank yeah. you. Oh, is that based yeah. on a real character? Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a friend of uh, Anderson's. That's so funny, dude. Hilarious. <laughs> so Hilarious. Funny. Yeah, I could use I could use one more, but it's okay. It's like okay. That leaving was, us that was a real more. story, the condition but, that of, of including him in that context. Because yeah. apparently like the whole because uh, he like the the character of Gary did turn up to deliver the waterbed. That scene that whole thing actually happened, but it was a much nicer scene. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Didn't it give you guys like I, I love I just that was my first Bradley Cooper was Wedding Crashers when he was angry and about to kill somebody right. all the time. It was just such, <laughs> I was getting such good vibes. I was like, oh, he's aged so well. He's just and then when he better. Went, and then when he went back into supporting girls like American Hustle, this is very similar to that. Also because of the hair. But when he kind of, <laughs> yeah, when he's a little he's chippier. What about, yeah, what about he the, that. he nailed that. What about the motorcycle? <laughs> what about the motorcycle jump that I could, I didn't believe was actually happening that Tom Waits' character <laughs> yeah, set up? I'm like, what the fuck? And then he ditches her, yeah. he ditches her in the mud <laughs> and then the jump. <laughs> So that's based from. around apparently an old evil can evil story where and somebody really? just at a restaurant said we're yeah. going to the eighth green no, evil like, can evil like set up a jump in a car park somewhere and like was so fucking drunk he smashed his bike into a car and couldn't make the i jump. was kind of hoping it was oh uh my God. i yeah. was kind of hoping it was um fuck mcqueen help me out right yeah steve I mcqueen was, yeah the kind of was hoping well, it might McQueen's, have been uh, yeah racing right. escape whole, thing yeah I know what you're saying, David. Yeah, and I, I'm not disagreeing with it. What you said about how the stars did not get outshined, but my God, Sean Penn was so excellent. He had one he, scene, yeah. and yeah. he just absolutely it was, it was great. Killed it, dude. It but again, I, I, I again, love how they that, cut. Like, they just tar- all of a sudden he's talking about Korea. Like I don't know when that yeah, happened. Yeah, but, she was but like, the, "Are you? Are these definitely lines bridge over a river, Kauai?" But also, the, like, the leads, yeah. the leads. Are, are have we doing lines sense. right now? 
that they had enough sense to step back and let him have that moment. Yeah, as well. So oh, that was, was so like it was fun. a great collaboration all around. Like the, he got his great. moment to shine, and I couldn't stop watching him. He was amazing. So this is another yeah. one of those. This is another one of those situations where we came in. We were like, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. And the more we talk about this fucking movie, the more excited we get by all the little yeah, things right? in this. I mean, this happens every, to us. Everyone in our Paul, audience, dude, like, and that's Paul. Like, well, I mean, me and Jeff were in the same audience, sitting like. About I had no idea. He didn't apart. respond to me until afterwards, but, and I yeah. darted. And. Uh, but uh, we, uh, our our audience had a ball. Our audience was laughing the whole time. Yeah, um, it wasn't. Jeff, you... There were only a few times where they were who the, the the what does your dick look like? What does your penis look like? Lied. Your penis? Are you circumcised? Yeah. Then you're a fucking yeah. So like that, the audience was laughing hysterically for something. My favorite was the one where she was like, "Oh, you all saying Alana this crazy Alana," and then one of her sisters, you could see on her face that that's exactly what she was thinking. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? That Did was like one it? of my favorite moments of the show. She's like. <laughs> She's like, she's see, like, it wasn't well. thinking. She's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the Paul, like his action, his humor, it's so, it's so great. This is, he, this is so, a guy that almost produced Anchorman. Like, he, this is humor, and even yeah, though it's not laugh clearly, out loud, ha ha humor, it. it's oh, this god, is so good. Which Anchorman? she, uh, I like going to produce it. He passed. Yeah. He says it too. He says, "I'm the asshole who passed on Anchorman." On the he's, he's but also, he wouldn't have changed it. anything. He would have said, "Yeah, do that. I'll make it happen." Where do you want? Like, he wouldn't have changed Adam McKay's. It's also good. She's just so the fact that he knows. Um, you know, dialogue can be funny. Clearly, these actors made a lot of really great jokes. I think we've praised a lot of those things too. But when she uh finds him making out, she's in the bathing suit, and when she finds him making out with that girl, and she just hears the, the bathroom and she just like tracks and walks and yeah. she just grabs yeah. that dude and like rubs up on him and like starts kissing him and then just throws him away and she just keeps tracking. It was just so cinematic, dude. It was so yeah. funny and cinematic. Which is you yeah, don't see that, that, right. that was a I disaster a, um, in motion right there. <laughs> other than Edgar Wright, other than Edgar Wright, I feel like there are not many really excellent comedic directors who are also very cinematic. I feel like a lot mm. of our contemporary comedy directors are—I wouldn't call them cinematic because it it revolves a lot around these really hilarious actors we all love doing a lot of improv. They get a good coverage and then they just cut it for to to make something really funny. But I feel like whenever uh, I had the same vibes in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, whenever these guys choose to lean into their comedy, it's still really fulfilling for a, a moviegoer. Like if you really want the yeah. cinema, there yeah. was just so much to look at in every frame. There was so much detail. Yeah. I don't know. It was so refreshing. But Jeff, you're right, what, dude. I'm going to echo what you're just saying. The more we're talking about it, I think I might love this movie now that we're talking about it. Yeah. I felt the <laughs> same way. I think I just liked it, but we're having a lot of fun deconstructing it. I think I'm going to love it more and more, just like all of his movies. I probably need to give it one or two more watches, and then I'll be, yeah. it'll be right up there with the rest of them. <laughs> Remember when Steven Spielberg tried to do a comedy? Yeah, we do. <laughs> 1941. This is for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do <laughs> yeah, I was going for it. <laughs> All right, people. Oh it's been God. fifty minutes. Actually, so I have I, to, I to defend Steven Spielberg a little bit um, because the West Side I Story looks so no, good. No, I recently started. Good. I recently started watching Animaniacs on Hulu. Oh yeah! Oh my God, it's so fucking meta. Everybody nice. watch Animaniacs. The new, it is yeah, amazing. You're watching or the, the new like ones. A it's oh, a reboot, and the the opening song is all about it. You should see our new contracts. Like it's it's. Oh my God! It, yeah, seriously, give it a watch. I've skipped Deal. ahead. To I also watched watching, that, but yeah. Jeff. I think you turned me on to that. Uh, Wait, what the fuck? Every, we're, not every, at that every, we're not at that segment yet. Fuck you. 
every every frame every frame a painting on the youtube that channel that filmmaking channel it's really good a lot of video essays and jeff i think you sent it to me one time the spielberg warner yeah pretty damn good yeah he can still cool. pull off a nice a nice long that- warner and nobody knows it because he's not too shiny about it the way a lot of people can be Mm. Yeah, Paul had a lot of winners in these, but with the exception of the opening one. That opening one was awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. Very Guys, I think task. I may have missed the first second or two because I was trying to slide into a you. very crowded movie theater aisle. It was just <laughs> them in the movie theater, right? And I mean, in the bathroom and then the cherry bomb. That was the first scene, right? That was the first scene, yeah. That was the first okay. scene. <laughs> okay, okay. Then the it goes into the giant wild, one. Yeah. yeah. And then it goes, goes into the water. What an opening. Yeah. What an a great opening, opening. dude. <laughs> so All right. Funny. Well, that's Licorice Pizza. Hopefully it's coming to a theater near you. You can go ahead and look it up online to see when it's going to come to a theater near you if you are yeah, not anywhere and, near New York City or Los Angeles. Go and watch it because like, like, not only will you have fun with the film, you'll have fun with the audience. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And it's coming out around Christmas, so make your plans accordingly. All right, people, let's get into our final segment for today, which is what you've been watching. This was Thanksgiving week, so hopefully you got to pop something in for pleasure. That didn't sound right. Did not sound right. That's coming up. hey Dave, we usually kick it off with you. What did you watch? Anything? I, uh, I've got back to Star Trek Discovery. Right. We're back with season four. Nice I can't believe they made four seasons of this. There Keep is going. fuck off. There is drama. <laughs> it's like it opens. It opens hard. It's yeah. It's it's getting really really good. It right. opens hard. I like opens the first. Hard. I like the first season. It's cool. Yeah, I John? didn't. Uh, no, <laughs> the second. The first season was a fucking travesty, dude. Like they okay. they, they fucked up on Klingons. Like it was yeah. Don't yeah. go being started. Okay. Okay. Deal. 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 I watched. Uh, I took my one of my co-hosts' advice and checked out King Richard and. Nice. I enjoyed it. And then I watched like 30 minutes of the Williams sisters highlights on YouTube afterwards, <laughs> just nice. watching them fucking destroy human beings in tennis for, for like <laughs> decades. Would I don't think I realized that they had been around for like most of our lives, like most of yeah. our lives, Jeff, they were at the top. That's just crazy to think about. Um, I was going to say, please clarify whose lives. Yeah. <laughs> not your life, Dave. You what, were one. Is, what, as you what, told what, us, dude, I, I remember, I remember McEnroe. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Who's in What'd the you movie? Think of- What'd you think of Will? What'd you think of Will? He's in a lot um, of movies now. I thought Will was I thought Will was really good. I think he's Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think it it, it has a tone of a very shameless mm. feel-good movie for most of it. So I think some of his work isn't isn't like undercut by that. But I think if it had been any edgier, it wouldn't have landed in terms of like the the overall picture. And I think his performance might not get the acclaim it probably deserves because it's in a feel-good movie. I think that happens sometimes. Did his dog? Did his dog live this time? (laughs) I watched I Am Legend (laughs) like a few months ago too. That's so good. It's not cool. It's totally worth watching though. It's on HBO Max. If you want to enjoy yourself for a limited time, you got to do it. You have to watch soon because it's going to get taken off. Had a few tears come out of my eyes. I rewatched. Version's going to get put on. I rewatched Dune. Finally took took my girlfriend back to the movie theater and like saw that cause she hadn't seen it yet. And, uh, I think I'm going to be a big fan of that movie. The more I watch it. Yeah. Um, and I also, you, the, I, don't, I don't know if you saw, I posted on the Facebook group this week. Uh, it's coming back to IMAX for a limited engagement as well. <laughs> Shit. I should go see yeah. it one more time. Cause I still haven't yeah. seen it in one of the bigger formats. Um, IMAX and then rocks, I watched, uh, man. John, you I can't keep you watching did. all these movies and then say you can't watch movies next week, all right? Like, what's going on? <laughs> this was a break, dude. This was my only break. It was weird being on break. Anyway, the last should, one I we watched... Should, we should have planned ahead. The last one I watched was uh, F. Gary Gray. 
I watched his director's cut of Straight Outta Compton, and it was fucking awesome, dude. Ah. <laughs> See, this is like great. three usually, hours long. Usually, I have <laughs> a list awesome like this, and everyone's like, "Just, just finish your list and move on." Come on, no, it's, right. it's good Dave, to see John stop. doing it. Just shut up. They gave John. John a break from school, and John watched a few movies. Still not yeah. a movie every night. That's better than normal, you guys. I used to watch one every night. Good for night. you, Jeff. Proud Jeff. Of you. Yes. All right. Um, I also had a break, so I watched Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix. Thought it was oh, great. Fuck, yeah. I need to see it. It was great. It was kind of indie esque. I'm glad they didn't try to scale it up. I'm glad they. I'm glad they kept it pretty grounded in, in like indie New York filmmaking. I think. I mean, it's Lynn, so it's not like real gritty, edgy, <laughs> but there's some really good shit in there, and I think Andrew Garfield's great. Um, and then I watched a good chunk of the Beatles Get Back. I, I watched probably oh, half Jeff. of it, but that's like we're talking four hours. So. Dude, I tried yeah, to watch some of that too. Dude. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be real. You know me. I'm not like, I like the Beatles. I'm not a crazy Beatles fan. I didn't realize this was just footage of them talking to each other in, in a musical. <laughs> it's literally just uncut on just them. just sitting Dude, there. You get to see how this, okay. you get to see how the okay. sausage is made. First, I still haven't all, seen the end of the, the song. Get you back. Can't, I've seen like two hours of them. Write the song. You get can't, back. You can't back that out. Cause that's our entire fucking podcast. Yeah, that is our whole podcast. <laughs> just chit chat. I mean, honestly, I, I kept it, I kept being like, all right, there's a narrative arc coming at some point. This is raw, dude. You got bread today. Well, it is because p- people start leaving the band. People start talking about Yoko being there too much. Like it starts to happen, but yeah, it takes time. This is them uncut, raw. This is just them showing up to to try to write Uncut is right. Four hours and you're halfway through. Fuck me. This is yeah. an actual documentary, folks. There is no it's Peter editing. Jackson. Peter, <laughs> well, Peter, just... No, Peter Jackson cut 150 hours down to eight. And he said if he cut any more down, he felt like he would be doing um rock and roll uh injustice so yeah. he let it go wrong i think it's fascinating i mean john doesn't talk i thought john was the 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 egotistical like asshole at the beginning but it's paul paul is totally an egotistical person and then he admits later he was like i think nobody's cares i think i'm the only one who cares and then george and ringo try to leave the band because they don't have any say it's i think it's fascinating but but it is a slow burn people it is Good. a slow <laughs> burn <laughs> Uh, it really is whatever all right so we'll see what we do next week i can't wait to talk to people go see licorice pizza that's it Woo! see you next time film fans <laughs>